In a world with way too many podcasts comes Jeff Talion and this guy. The podcast to end all podcasts. With some pieced together recording equipment, a couple loosely informed topics, and a coin, these three friends set out to forever change the next hour of your life. Japtalion and this guy is solely for entertainment purposes. Joseph Eric and Morgan are not professional researchers, investigators, or gynecologists. Not suitable for children. All right, welcome to Japtalion and this guy. This is Joseph. Oh, I'm Morgan. Oh, hey, I'm Eric. <laughs> okay, we're, we're all awake. Here. We're awake. We're all back. Today is any... today, so let's go. <laughs> Today's the day. It is today. We've agreed to not put dates on our podcast because we kind of go out of order. So we go out of order on dates. So, and your mom. All right. Ah! So, um, what's been going on with y'all, uh, Eric? What's been going on with Eric? I got out of bed this week. Woohoo! All right. Hell yeah. Goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been eating more. Oh, good. Goals. Goals. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> We've done some interesting, some exciting things for the podcast this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're on Spotify now. We are on Spotify. We're on Podbean. And Podbean. We have our own website powered by Podbean. We're on YouTube. That's not new. It's a thing, though. And it's great. It is. And what are we working on getting on or waiting on? Um, Pandora. Waiting to hear back from Pandora and uh, iHeartRadio. I don't know why they take so long. It's not like they're exclusive, you know. If anybody should be taking a while, it's Spotify. Yeah, yeah. What are they trying to protect themselves from? Who's listening to Pandora? I've never listened to a podcast on Pandora before. I don't know if I've ever listened to Pandora at all for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, but not for... I'm not a Luddite. I just... I'm not really technically. I thought advanced. it was going to be themed after that movie or something. Pandora you know? after fuck is that movie? Yeah. Why is my brain not working today? It's because you're in close proximity to me. Close uh, proximity to people smoking you're a, weed. <laughs> you're taking all the intelligence. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm a void. I'm glad the studio space doesn't <laughs> smell like weed. Yeah, not today. Yeah. Not on this day, my friend. <laughs> Not on this day that we won't mention. So I had a great New Year's this weekend, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's see what Morgan's been doing. What you been doing, Morgan? Not shit. I had my kids all week. That was fucking great. I think that that is the first full week I've had my children at my house since I've been divorced. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's great. It was great. They all had a great time. We... Did a trampoline park where there was almost nobody there, so it was fucking perfect, you know? Nice. We went to a trampoline park. We went and watched Wonder Woman, uh, the 84. That was a great movie. One of the best movies DC's put out in recent times, in my opinion. And uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to keep that in check a little bit. <laughs> For our, I couldn't hear our it. 54, 58% women listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph's making disgruntled faces over here. <laughs> Women, ooh. I just want to stick something in them. <laughs> there they go. 
Yeah, uh, we did all that shit. We had a great uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, they they met my girlfriend's kids and had a blast, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. What did you do? Justin? Oh man, not much. I've been doing a lot of not much. I think it's because of the you know the holiday thing and then the New Year's Eve thing. I did two New Year's Eves because uh, I did one because I thought it was New Year's Eve, and then I did the other one because it was actually New Year's Eve. Only you. I spent the whole day thinking it was New Year's Eve. I even went to my son and I was like, hey, man, it's New Year's Eve. He didn't react. So I guess he was just as clueless as me. (laughs) It seemed weirdly quiet that first New Year's Eve, too. Because the second one, it was like a fucking war zone in my neighborhood. Yeah. So something that's really funny to me is you were making like a pretty big deal about us being on a schedule and having... And I know it's important, but it's very important that we put out our podcast on a schedule to Joseph. And then like a day later, he's like, he's like, is this Thursday? And it was Wednesday, of course. <laughs> I said, no, it's Wednesday. Oh, I don't know what day of the week it is. <laughs> so That's we why just, schedules are important. We dude. can just tell you it's on the same day and you'd be like, okay. I'm gonna go shoot some fireworks. <laughs> I I need structure. Okay. Yeah, I gotta have structure, or I'm like waking up at noon and I don't know what's going on. I'm just barely in reality as it is. <laughs> hey, in case you guys don't know, what we do here is uh, what do we do? We shoot the shit for a little bit. That's been happening. Yeah. So we started out with shit shooting. That's what we've been doing here for the last uh, five minutes, shooting the shit. And then, you know, most of the time we'll flip a coin. Sometimes we'll just delegate an episode to a person. And we we all research topics usually. And um, when we do flip a coin, it's to see who's doing their topic. Right. Are we flipping a coin this time? We're not flipping a coin today. Okay. Unless you guys just want to see. Can we start flipping a Bitcoin? Oh, man. Can we? <laughs> Is it possible? I've never seen a Bitcoin. All right. Well, um, so I think we're doing Morgan's topic today. Yeah. Am I right? Am I early? I mean, anybody else got any bullshit they want to fucking throw on the table? Uh-huh. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm totally spacing. I don't know what's up with me, but my, my brain's just blank. You keep staring in my eyes. That has a tendency to hypnotize people. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is not a lie. Just All ask right. any lady. Any lady? Any lady who stared into my eyes. Oh, shit. All right. It's a bold statement. That's why I wear sunglasses a lot. It's to protect you, not me. Oh, okay. Oh, we talked about it in an episode. Um, I think it was the, you know, the last one that we've released as of today, but we talked about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Right, because mm, you were that. talking about how it took up a lot of space on your Xbox. Oh, that was on death penalty. Yeah. That was on the death penalty episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and both you guys shame me for not knowing things about it, even though I I wanted to watch it. I don't remember that. I don't either. Oh well, it's because Joseph had given away the um, electric chair spoiler, and I was like, oh, spoiler alert! And they're like, dude, it's been out for like five years, you know. Yeah, Am that was more shame about you saying spoiler alert. Yeah, less about shame. Well, that's you what I mean. Game. Not knowing yeah. things about it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. What, okay. All right. 
Now I got the game. Okay, you. my girlfriend's son <laughs> bought me the game on his birthday. His birth- really? Yeah, his birthday was uh, two days after Christmas. And wow, you're a is he a guy. teenager? <laughs> yeah, he's thirteen. What a weird thing for a teenager to do. He spent money on something for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. He paid attention to someone else. That's that's big. Yeah, he wants me to play it. He also called his mom the other night while she was with me and was like, hey, you got to tell Morgan that a girl gets topless in part of it or something. There's like a topless scene with a girl. <laughs> she told me, and I was like, good looking out. You know, that's awesome. Thanks. I don't remember a topless scene in that, but, you know, topless doesn't really jump out in a special way, I guess. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It's not unusual to see something topless. Yeah, well, he's 13. Well, he was, you know, he yeah, played, it, played oh, yeah, it as a 12-year-old. Right. Yeah. I was 13 yeah. one time. Yeah, oh, topless man. was the... Yeah. That was... Here, let me make as much noise as possible over here. <laughs> we got some Doritos. You want some of those? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's crumble them Jesus, in Jesus, what was I going to do? Eat that fucking M&M on camera? All right. <laughs> Let's crumble some Doritos in our hand and blow the dust and justifies. <laughs> so, so I go to download this fucking game and it's like took all fucking night long. To t- there was a special disc. Oh yeah, it takes the data disc. It takes like yeah. eight hours or something. Yeah, yeah. dude, I, I had it in there for like two or three hours and I was like, dude, I gotta fucking go to bed. I can't wait on this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like halfway done. It's a massive game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready though. I'm ready to start playing it now. Dude, I'm still trying to find a fucking Xbox Series X, not for a thousand dollars, but for the actual retail price. Right. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Mm-mm. Come Mm-mm. on, people. Come on, guys. You don't need that shit. Guys. Here comes walking. <laughs> wow. I had the kids watch the fucking cowbell video. <laughs> like, they didn't... I kept saying it. Landon downloaded this drum app, and there was a cowbell on the drum set. And uh-huh. he's like playing. He's like, what's this? Why would I do that? And I'm like, that's a cowbell. You need more cowbell, guys. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I got a fever. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, sit down. Let me show you this. So now they're all doing it. They they're all like, like trying to get the the um I bet they do the impersonation. They do pretty good impersonations usually. So they're all do like trying it out like I got a fever. <laughs> do y'all have like phrases that get you in character for people? Like for walking it, it's wow. Like when I say that, it doesn't go far beyond wow. Like that's only <laughs> wow. Yeah, Wowza. I do. I have one for when I do Germans. What is oh, it? Oh, what is it? This is great. Is that German? Great. This is great. You guys, I'm great. You are my best friends. That's a horrible German impersonation. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, ow. I caught my testicle in the zipper. No, that, <laughs> was, that went off. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Hello for a British person. Like, Hello. How's that going, old chap? My brother does for Italian. My brother, it makes me laugh. He goes, Arima Merce. Does he do his hand like this? Yeah, it's all animated and stuff. Uh, so we'll be, you know, doing voices and we'll just get out, you know, we'll lose the voice and he'll just stop and go, Arima Merce, wherever he was at in the sentence. It's great. 
And whenever I do an Asian accent, I always like say my mom's name the way my grandma used to say it, like Rinda, Rinda. <laughs> I don't know. That's... <laughs> Her name's Linda. Rinda. That's as far as it goes, though. I don't. I don't do a very good Asian accent for a quarter Asian person. You son of a bitch. I grew up around a full Asian person. Anywho, Japanese. Yes. Japanese. Japanese. Japanese was my grandmother. I don't really know. Oh, I found out something this past week. Oh, God. All right. My biological father, who's been long divorced from me, um, has cancer. Oh, shit. How'd you even find that out? Why'd you sound so upbeat when you said that? (laughs) Wow. You almost made Morgan spit that out. Oh, perfect timing. Um, This is actually very weird. (laughs) My brother has a good friend named, well, I can't say his last name, Kevin. A good friend named Kevin, um, who ended up moving right next door to, um, he's not my brother's dad, he's my biological dad, my sister's dad. He moved like right next door to the guy. Damn. So he no longer lives there, but like his ex-wife or girlfriend does. So if I guess she found out from him, because she still talks to... My biological father, and um, yeah, he's got cancer. I, I mean, I divorced the guy when I was like 21 or something. He's basically had nothing to do with my life beyond the age of, I don't know. I don't know how old I was. No, he had a little bit because my mom, like, you know, tried to harass him and torture him because he didn't want to be a part of our lives. And I mean, I get that she needed help with money and stuff, but... Part of it was she just wanted to torture him because he wasn't doing what she wanted him to do. Mm. That's what I think anyways. Not saying all women act that way, but my mom is fucking nuts. Sometimes the other person who is involved with the creation of the child makes it intolerable for one of them to be there. Yeah. and my I mean, I had one adult conversation with old papa and... He's not from that conversation. I was like, yeah, this isn't worth it. He basically huh. blamed me like, well, why haven't you come to see me? Oh, uh, nice. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, wow. What a dick. Deuces. I was like, I don't know, 20. <laughs> I've been a wow. kid most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, he's got cancer. I mean, I don't wish him ill, but when I found out, I was like, okay, then. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like somebody from, I don't know, a movie I used to watch getting cancer or something. It just There's no connection there. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Shit. So, hopefully it's painless. There you go. That was a nice thing to say. It was a nice thing to yeah. say. <clears throat> but it won't be painless. All right, we got a topic here. <laughs> I see Morgan's uh, picking his phone up, uh-huh. so that must mean that we're moving what on. Is this? <laughs> hey, is there any way that we can edit the video? Because we're doing video recording today yeah. for the first time. Is there any way that we can edit the video like they like they used to do in shows when they had to do like seventeen takes for a scene, where like the phone's in this hand, and then all of a sudden it'll be like in this hand. I'll make sure to do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. You guys ready for the topic today? I'll see if I can make it a banana. I'm I'm excited about the topic today. Yeah. Whatever I don't, it is. I don't know. You know, I just looked this stuff up because I was uh, curious about it. Because um, I never knew the story. So what I looked up was D.B. Cooper. Oh, wow. yeah. We're all familiar with our good yeah. friend D.B. Yeah. He's yeah. a hero, sort of. Dan Cooper. So the girlfriend threw oh, it out was, as a topic. I never knew his name was... Yeah. What was his middle name? Nobody knows what his real name was at all, because it was all made up. I yeah. saw that movie uh, back in the 70s, I think, when they made a movie about it. Damn, that's that's like when it happened, isn't it? Yeah, that's when it happened. They made a movie about it 71. when I was young, and they made a you know I went and saw it in the theater. I don't remember shit about it though. Really? Did he like jumped out of a plane or did some craziness? Yeah, and was never seen again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I was watching the trailer for the Loki show. Have you guys seen the trailer for it yet? No. Oh my god! It's is badass. that Loki from Marvel Comics? Yeah, Loki. You know, oh, in, I'm sorry from Asgard. From Asgard. <laughs> They guard as he's actually the rightful king of the Oppenheim. Um, he uh, he grabbed the tesseract in Endgame when they were going around getting stones. Spoiler alert! And uh, <laughs> he disappeared. Right. So this the show picks up obviously from where he grabbed the tesseract and hauled ass, and like Owen Wilson's in it as kind of his guide or whatever, which I think is pretty cool. It shows like then a bunch of scenes of things that he's doing with the Tesseract traveling through time somehow uh, with the Space Stone. And one of the scenes was him falling out of the airplane as D.B. Cooper with a fucking pile of money oh, and man. shit. I love that, man. <laughs> That's awesome. I fucking nice. love that they did that. Yeah, because it could have just as well been fucking Loki as far as anyone's concerned. So you know? what you said he was the rightful king of... Rightful king of the Oppenheim. That's a good line for a German accent. <laughs> he is the rightful king of the Oppenheim. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my catchphrase from yeah. now on. <laughs> we are very talent. <laughs> so, uh, so flying into the topic, Dan Cooper is the pseudonym of an unidentified man who hijacked a Boeing 727 aircraft in the United States airspace between Portland and Seattle on the afternoon of November 24th, 1971. So I had something here about the fucking Boeing airplane and, you know, how many seats it was and all that shit. I don't know if I'm going to read all that off. But uh, the man purchased his airline ticket using the alias Dan Cooper. Um, and uh, uh, let's see, he became known as the popular D.B. Cooper, how we all know him, right? $200,000 was his ransom. That's what he got, $200,000, which today would be the same as $1,260,000. Wow. Um, well, in 2019, which is, I looked all this stuff up on Wikipedia, so that was uh, when, when that article was written, I guess. Um, let's see, despite an extensive manhunt and uh, protractive FBI investigation, the perpetrator has never been located or identified. It remains the only unsolved case in of air piracy in commercial aviation history. But how many cases of air piracy are there? Three. You knew that? Oh, no, you're, you're throwing that out there. You son of a... <laughs> Man, if 9-11 had already happened, dude would have never got away with that. 
Yeah, no shit. No, yeah. he would not have gotten. He away would have with never that. even gotten an airline ticket ever, no, not without a proper identification. Right. You know, I was. It's amazing how much technology has changed in such what I consider a short amount of time. Right. So, like the last hundred years is actually a short amount of time, but even in the last thirty years, um, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries with the kids. Uh, like the old one, we pulled it up and we were watching like the old Robert Stack episode and they were looking for these guys. And in the reenactment, these guys walk into a fucking, um, insurance company, two guys, one, one dude holds up everyone in the main lobby office area with the cubicles and shit. And the other guy goes to the back to the boss, shoots him and they leave, right? That fucking shit would never happen today. Yeah. No. There's cameras fucking everywhere. And that was my first thought was like, why didn't they just check the footage? But, you know, a lot of places didn't have the CCTC. Right. CCTV? CCTV. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's 1984. Everything was being monitored. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, even when they did have that, the granulated image oh that you God. would have it's i like, mean look at how bad oh, it is, is today that, <laughs> is that bigfoot that just came in there right <laughs> yeah our even today our phones have better footage than the uh yeah. fucking surveillance cameras <laughs> which is weird is it it's it weird is weird a surveillance yeah. camera does not have like 4k that, yeah it should be like immaculate technology that's what makes me suspicious whenever they show like images of mars or whatever i'm like we got 4k not only do we have 4K, NASA probably has had 4K longer than we have as just the public. That's not a bad There's assumption. some incredibly high-def images of uh, the moon landing, you know? <laughs> like fucking yeah. high-def. But most of what we get is like this blurry shit. We're not going into that, sorry. No, are you sure? We can go into that. No, it's hard for me, to, <laughs> it's hard for me not to say things. I'm All having right. a tough time, too. <laughs> <laughs> to the contrary of what yeah. <laughs> just was saying. <laughs> uh, let's see. Many FBI agents back to DB Cooper are uh, <laughs> of the opinion that Cooper did not survive his high risk jump. Um, but, oh, that's so they don't have to go research. So they don't have to do their fucking job. Yeah, but they did do their job. That'll come up later in my research was that. Um, you know, they just his his remains have never been recovered. N- nothing to do with this guy has ever been recovered. However, some of the money was found by a kid because they, you know, obviously tracked the serial numbers and shit that went with the DB Cooper money. Yeah, I th- I think I saw something. It might have been called Conspiracies on Netflix that had an episode, and someone was claiming that they thought DB Cooper was related to them. Can't remember if it was like their father or something, but it was all wow. They didn't have like wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, and then when someone else says that key phrase that we were talking about earlier, it's hard for me not to want to do it. Wow. <laughs> there, get it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I might check that out again to see what that was. <clears throat> I I had a question. All right. Uh, that kid that found the money, did he find like a lot of money? Uh, I don't remember it being a lot of money. I have to get to that part of my um, research. But did the feds take it from him? Yeah. Wow. Did they choke the life out of him first? Probably, yeah. 
I I know like I know someone personally. Maybe who, it was like ten thousand dollars, so maybe it was a good bit of money. I I honestly don't remember. I'm gonna I I did this research a while back, but I think that it it's definitely in here. I know someone personally who found themselves in possession of thousands of dollars of uh, drug money. Shit. And the feds were aware of it, and they were like, "Yeah, just you keep the money. It's no big deal." That's not usually what they do. I thought that was odd too. He he didn't keep the money. He gave it to them. He was like, I don't want this fucking money. Cause he's a you know, a bigger man than me. Hmm. Story over. That's weird. I'm a pretty big man, but I'm thinking probably in a different sense. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. Um the hijacking itself. So it was on Thanksgiving Eve, which was November twenty fourth in seventy one. Um <laughs> not not Thanksgiving Eve this year, right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Date alert for anyone who's triggered by dates. We are now going to s- discuss dates. <laughs> we are not saying today is November Eve, <laughs> nineteen seventy four. What yeah. the fuck ever you said? It's October flea flirty first of the Flocktentines. <laughs> Morgan's just making dates up. <laughs> That's how adverse he is to using dates. <laughs> <laughs> so on uh, on Thanksgiving Eve uh, in 1971, a middle-aged man carrying a black attache suitcase or case. Uh, attache. Attache what, what is the mean? case. How it's European. like a briefcase. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, approached the flight counter of Northwest Orient Airlines at Portland International Airport. He identified himself as Dan Cooper and used cash to purchase a one-way ticket on flight 305, which was a 30-minute trip north to Seattle. This motherfucker wanted to fly from Portland to Seattle. That's fine. People do that. People fly from Columbia to Charlotte. That's that's a thing. It's a thing. It's fine. Wow. I know, right? Judge Spoiled much. bitches. <laughs> Fucking what the fuck? Motherfucker still owes me $20. <laughs> Uh, Cooper boarded the aircraft of the Boeing 727 um, uh, and took a seat in 18C, the rear of the passenger cabin. So it is a one. I am going to tell you this stuff about the the uh, jet. It's a 133 foot long, typically carries 106 passengers in two classes. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. They got the seat dimensions. I guarantee you he had more foot space than we do now. I promise you he had more foot space than we do now. God almighty. Um, It's even a classist society when you're on a plane. It is. You're right. They got the curtain. They're like, don't look at what's going on up here. (laughs) Yeah, if there's an open seat up there that you can see and you just go to walk up there, no. uh -uh. Who do you think you are? I'm sorry. These people paid $75 more per ticket to be away from you. <laughs> to, not, to not have to deal with your kind. All right. Uh, let's see. Where am I? Okay. Cooper was a quiet man who appeared to be his in his mid-40s wearing a business suit with a black tie and a white shirt. He ordered a drink, which was bourbon, bourbon and soda, uh, while the flight was awaiting takeoff. Now... I have a picture here of the um, the FBI's wanted picture of D.B. Cooper. 
I'll check those goggles out. <laughs> <laughs> Could be any guy. Yeah. Could, Could be. be fucking anybody. Mm-hmm. It's know? like a man in black or something. Yeah, that's what he looks oh, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. The flight was about one-third full. Shortly after takeoff, um, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaffner. She was the flight attendant that was nearest to him. Got a picture of her? I don't. I don't. But I will talk about her a few times. I handed a note. God, son of a bitch. <laughs> handed a note to Florence Schaffner. Yeah. The attractive blonde stewardess. Oh, yeah. Nearest to him um, in a jump seat attached to the uh, shaft stair door or whatever. Schaffner, assuming the note contained a lonely businessman's phone number... It's just <laughs> probably exactly what she thought. Yeah, you know? it's wow. the 70s, man. Yeah, yeah, she gets a fucking note from a, a businessman with a fucking briefcase, and she's probably like, <laughs> So if assu- he had those goggles on, then. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't helping him, was it? Uh, she dropped the note into, um, she dropped the note unopened into her purse, and that's when Cooper leaned over and said, Miss, you better look at the note. I have a bomb. Um, so the note was printed all neat in capital letters with a felt tip pen, and its exact wording is unknown um, because Cooper later reclaimed it. But Schaffner recalled hmm. that the note said that Cooper had a bomb in his briefcase, and after Schaffner read the note, Cooper told her to sit beside him. Um, so she uh, she did request to see the bomb, and Cooper opened up his briefcase long enough for her to glimpse in and see eight red cylinders, four on top, four on bottom, um, and uh, attached with wire-coated red insulation and a large um, cylindrical cylindrical battery. Um, so there was a bomb, actually. I was kind of... Something that looked like a bomb. Thinking it might be a bluff. And that was, like, smart of her to ask, too, because she could have been like, I need to see the bomb. Like, can you show it to me? And... He'd be like, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Call my bluff. <laughs> I'm going to need that note back. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, shit. If you're headed back up, more bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I just have my. <laughs> what if he opened the briefcase and it was his dick <laughs> sticking through the bottom of it? <laughs> <laughs> oh god about to explode baby <laughs> um after closing the briefcase he stated his demands two hundred thousand dollars in negotiable american currency um four parachutes and a fuel truck standing by in seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival uh, Schaffner conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit, and when she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. That's the goggles that it's <laughs> yeah. Lennon sunglasses, John Lennon yeah. glasses. He asked for four parachutes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yup. For um, the hostages. Or to appear that you're gonna take hostages or something. Yeah. I would think. It was funny how, and it's it's later in my research, um, but but it's funny how he asked for the parachutes because they wanted to give him uh, military parachutes. And he said, no, he wanted civilian parachutes. 
And I don't understand the reasoning behind that. You guys know anything about parachutes? Um, I'm going to guess, but I don't. The answer is no, I don't. But I'm going to guess that a civilian parachute is probably bigger and you fall slower. Hmm. Because the military, you don't want to be hanging out up there for a long time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess so. That's a really good point. And Band of Brothers, they come in pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean, I don't know if that part's realistic, but they do. Yeah, I imagine they want you dropping as fast as you can without dying or breaking something. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys want to take a quick... I I think this is a good time for a break. Yeah. Yeah, we're at a minute. All right, let's do that. Let's stand up and stretch and whatnot. Well, hello there. This is DB... Uh, Fairweather. DB Fairweather, yes. Uh, aviation enthusiast and part-time criminal. I'm here to discuss parachute needs for folks looking to snatch a quick nest egg by way of air piracy. Now, jumping from a 727 with 20 pounds of cash strapped to your torso is a risky venture, even under the best of conditions. You always want to be sure to have the right type and amount of parachutes. Other people, usually law enforcement, will try to convince you that military chutes are the bee's knees, but I'm here to pull the curtain on their ruse. What you want is a civilian chute. This option allows you to have more control over when and where you land, a necessary feature for your air piracy needs. And always remember, and I can't stress this enough, to ask for multiple chutes. It will leave your would-be captors scratching their heads and trying to figure out which one to sabotage. So remember, when you need quick cash at high altitudes, civilian parachutes are golden, and you can never ask for too many. Once again, this is DB Coop Fairweather, <laughs> wishing you a safe landing and a happy life on the run. DB Fairweather is definitely not DB Cooper in no way, shape, or form is this DB Cooper. DB Cooper is not the person on this commercial. If you have any information leading to the capture of DB Cooper or the recovery of any of the money taken in the ransom of the 1971 era piracy, contact your local authorities or the FBI. All right, uh, we're back. And um, we had Morgan here talking about D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Dude was getting ready to jump out of a plane, and I think we were discussing uh, parachutes. 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 (laughs) Continue, Morgan. Every time I see the word parachutes, I always think of paratroopers like, uh, but the fucking, the ones from Mario Brothers. Aren't they? Uh, the yeah. little Oompa Loompa things that coming out <laughs> or whatever. Out of sky, Not Oompa yeah. Loompas, but something like that. Yeah. They'd fall from the sky and then land and their parachute disappears and they... I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways. All right. So, T.B. <laughs> Cooper. Um, yeah. So, he requested he requested all that shit. The $200,000, the four parachutes, and uh, refueling. Okay. So, the pilot contacted Seattle-Tacoma Airport uh, uh, Air Traffic Control um, and informed... 
which they informed local authorities, you know, to let them know, hey, there's a hijacking. Uh, the 35 other passengers were given false information that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor mechanical of minor mechanical difficulty. Yeah, the Northwest Orient president Donald Nyrop. Uh, I said that with a weird Nyrop. Right. <laughs> Hard P. Yeah. Uh, authorized payment of the ransom. So that's cool. And uh, for DB anyways. And ordered all the employees to cooperate fully with the hijackers' demands. Oh, that's right. He said he had a bomb. Yeah, he had a bomb. Um, <laughs> it was a good thing they didn't all just forget about the bomb. Why do we want to give him $200,000? What are we that doing guy? here? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine a guy strapping four parachutes to like his limbs. <laughs> Check this fucking guy out. <laughs> he doesn't know how parachutes work. Yeah, yeah. He rips the limbs right off his torso. <laughs> well, he's fucked. <laughs> Uh, the aircraft circled for approximately two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble Cooper's parachutes and ransom money and to mobilize emergency personnel. Another flight attendant, Tina Mucklow. Mucklow. I think it's Mucklow, but um, I got a picture of her. Just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> Tina Mucklow recalled uh, that Cooper appeared familiar with the local terrain. And at one point he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there as the aircraft flew above Tacoma. Um, he also correctly mentioned that McCord, he's on a 30 minute flight to Tacoma, Seattle, you know, airport. So I figure 20, 25 minutes in, you can easily just look out the window and say, Looks like Tacoma out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? He's a genius. God, this guy really knows his terrain. <laughs> and those are clouds. <laughs> the meteorologist now. What is this, Seattle? Looks like rain. <laughs> I will take four of your finest parachutes. <laughs> uh, but it does say that he also correctly mentioned that the McCord Air Force Base was only t- a 20-minute drive. From the Seattle Tacoma Airport, um, Schaffner, the other uh, uh, flight attendant, described him as calm, polite, and well-spoken. Uh, not at all consistent with the stereotypes popularly associated with air piracy at the time. Was air piracy really that big of a problem back then? It and was. It was what was thing. the stereotype? <laughs> oh, hold on, I do have the stereotype: uh, enraged, hardened criminals, or. Uh, you know, that were like, take me to Cuba. Yeah, they were trying to go to Cuba. That was like a thing that would occur every once in a while. Not like common, like speeding or something, but it was a thing back then. In really? The 70s. Yeah. Damn. Because I don't think they had, like the security, I remember security when I was a kid was like barely anything. Seems kind of nuts. That seems sounds- like you would always want to have been secure. While yeah. flying through the air at hundreds of miles an hour. Yeah, but they didn't think about it, I, I guess. I used to get on know? planes with knives all the time when I was a kid. Like when I was young. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah. You know, and then contraband when I got a little bit older. And then they started locking stuff down. In the 80s? Yeah, during the war on drugs, they started locking it down. So yeah. contraband was contraband. more difficult. 
Yeah. I'm going to go cosplay as Wolverine and see if I can get on a plane. <laughs> With the claws. Yeah. <laughs> so Mucklau said that uh, he wasn't nervous. He seemed rather nice. Mucklau is the, the one that... The Vietnamese... Um, she's the one that it. said he looked like he knew the terrain. He seemed rather nice. He was never cruel nor nasty. Uh, he was thoughtful and calm all the time. He ordered a second bourbon and soda, paid his drink tab, because fucking, because why not? Yeah, well, just make sure you did that on camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And attempted to give Mucklau the change. Oh, keep the change, you filthy animal. Offered to request meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle. So, (laughs) hey, you guys want me to buy you something with this 200 grand I'm getting? Like, I'll... Yeah. Go for burgers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, FBI agents assembled the ransom money uh, from several Seattle area banks. 10,000 unmarked $20 bills. Shit. Uh, with most, uh, most serial numbers beginning with the letter L, indicating issuance from the Federal Reserve Bank in San Francisco. And most from the 1963A or 1969 series, which made a microfilm photograph. And and they made a microfilm photograph of each of them, uh, which I think is like just hearing the word microfilm always takes me back to some kind of spy flick. You know, I love that. Um, Cooper reject. Here it is. Cooper rejected the military issue parachutes offered by the McCord Air Force Base. Uh, instead demanding civilian parachutes with manually operated rip cords. That's why he wanted them, so he could decide when they opened. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. So what is the military ones? You got to click them on to the little thing, and it... Yeah, I guess they, they were still certain, that. I think yeah. they open when you jump out. Like, they just rip open as oh. you jump out, I think. God, I've never awful. been in the military. Yeah, because it's, it's low-flying, like, when... You jump out in the military oh, at a lower yeah, altitude, okay. so it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I now remember that from Band of Brothers. The, oh they yeah, clip on the thing, and that yeah. way, when they jump out, you go like ten yeah. feet, and it pops open. And that Which way, DB Cooper, so you clear the plane, could jump out at a more specific location instead of jumping out, it opening, and him floating, God knows how far off of his target. Mm-hmm. Huh. So Seattle police obtained the parachutes from a local skydiving school. I wonder if they had to buy them from the school because parachutes can't be cheap, you know? Somebody (laughs) had to pack them. (laughs) They're like, this could save people's lives. There's a bomb. They're like, no, no, you got to pay for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, $75. You're the federal government. You don't have the money. (laughs) You just assembled 200,000 for him. (laughs) Yeah, where's my hundred grand? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I have demands. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Northwest Orient Seattle's operation manager, Al Lee, approached the aircraft in street clothes to avoid the possibility that Cooper might mistake his uh, airline uniform for that of a police officer. He delivered the cash-filled knapsack. Just Just juggling bottle caps over here. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Didn't you already drop that bottle cap on the floor? Do you just have a pocket full of bottle caps you're dropping? (laughs) What the fuck's going on over there? Maybe I do. (laughs) Don't judge me. 
<laughs> I walk around with a pocket of bottle caps. Sometimes I throw them on the floor. What's a big deal? <laughs> pocket full of bottle caps. That's great. Jesus. I do what I want. All right. All right. Calm down. Um, let's see. He delivered the cash-filled knapsack and parachutes to Mucklau uh, via the, the – is this AFT stairs? AF stairs? I don't – it's got to be the um, – fuck. I should have looked into that before. Oh, what AFT stands for? Yeah. For those stairs that roll up to the uh... – Is that what it is or is it the stairs in the back thing that drops open? Oh. Uh... Because that's oh. what he jumped out of. Yeah. Oh. oh and he it. wanted to leave that open when they took off, but they would not take off with that open. I guess there's something with pressurization and all that shit. So once they got up to a safe altitude, he dropped it back open. But I thought that was loud. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine, dude, being up that high where these um, Boeings get to. Yeah. You know, like they're above clouds and shit. You know what I mean? And just hop on out. Just jump out like it's nothing. Yeah. He's got to really want it. He got to really fucking want it. How bad do you want it? Got to really want it. Yeah. That, uh, maybe that's less scary than cold calling people for money. <laughs> that's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. Yeah. I've mentioned this before, but I don't like submerging my whole body in cold pool water at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So I'm not gonna. Number one, did you mention that before? I have mentioned that before during we're, a show, and we were talking about jumping out of planes. I believe. Yes. Son of a he's, bitch. He's been moonlighting at another podcast. I think so because <laughs> I don't recall. You don't that. remember that? Uh. Uh-uh. There was a there was an old dude in the hot tub at uh, Disney World when we went. Oh God! This and was a while back. He was all grizzly, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta get out. I'm not supposed to be in. Got high blood pressure." And it just made me think of a World War II dude for some reason. I'm like, my God, they used to jump out of planes. This guy's testing his heart with the with the hot tub, and I won't even go get in that pool in one stroke. It gets to the balls, and it's like, ooh. The love handles is the next mark, and then the nipples. And after that, I'm like, okay. Oh, thank God. Well, we're in now. <laughs> So, yeah, I can't imagine jumping out of a plane. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> I had to paint a roadmap for that one, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But it's accurate. The roadmap's accurate. You yeah. Know, for getting into a swimming, a cold swimming pool. I just, I dive in as much as I hate water. That's what my kids do. I they, just, I'm like, fuck it. I, this is taking too long. Let's I can't, just get it over with. You I want do all hate the pain water. Once. And I can't even imagine you in a swimming pool at all. Yeah, I swim like a fish, man. That sounds like <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, I swim like a fish, man. I used to compete when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. That's why I look so good now. Okay. I just thought it was a weird brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a weird flex. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, here's another weird thing since we're off topic now. <laughs> yeah, um, what is it? Have you seen on Instagram there's these things where girlfriends – accuse their boyfriends of not being able to swim or say you swim bad or you can't swim. I have not seen that. The dudes like freak out for some reason. What? I mean, have you ever had anyone accuse you of not being able to swim or something? I've never thought about it before, but I'm kind of like, if somebody was like, you can't swim for shit, I would probably be defensive about it. I don't know why. 
I think you, it's because you know, it's I a, probably would too, but it's fuck, a physical, why? it's a physical thing and we're men and we get all, you know, about phys- being physical. Don't tell me I can't fucking swim, bitch. I'll fucking hold your face <laughs> under the water for an hour and a half <laughs> while I'm swimming. Watch this doggy paddle, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm going to swim in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up. It's It shows up on Instagram. No shit. You know those Instagram things where it's like the the purse thing. Have you seen that one? Okay, chick and dude sitting in a car. She reaches in the oh. back seat to get her oh, purse. Oh, yes, and then, and then she hits him in the fucking mashes head. Mashes him in the head with God it. God almighty. And the dudes, nine times out of ten, they're always like, oh, stop. Which but there's that one that dude. Fucking purse there's that the one dude. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, some <laughs> like, dude grabs bitch. that fucking thing, and he's like, fuck this shit. You know? Some of them, what bothers me is some of the women look vindictive about it. Like, they're getting pleasure out of doing this. Oh, yeah, and they're swinging it. The women are getting pleasure out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Believe that. Getting back to Cooper and his hijacking, (laughs) once the delivery was completed, uh, Cooper ordered all passengers, Schaffner, and senior flight attendant Alice Hancock... To leave the plane. Sorry, I have to stop on that name. Yeah. Anytime I ever see that name, I have to stop on it because because Hancock. That's why. Unfortunate name. I think there was a Family Guy bit where they changed it because then Hancock signed the John Hancock. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I thought it was foot penis. It's Hancock. Mind your business. Let's see. During the refueling, Cooper outlined his flight plan to the cockpit crew. Uh, cockpit. Cockpit. A southeast course toward Mexico City at a minimum air at a minimum airspeed possible without stalling the aircraft, approximately a uh, hundred knots, and at maxi- maximum ten thousand feet altitude. That's like. Uh, when you can safely, like when when I get on an airplane, once they reach ten thousand feet, is when they say, "Now you can unbuckle, you can do this and that, uh, turn on your devices or whatever the fuck." So that's odd. That, oh yeah, that lie about turn on your devices. Yeah, what is that all about? I leave I leave my devices on on an airplane because nothing happens. Yeah, well, they would not let you on the plane if with a cell phone if your cell phone could bring the fucking plane down. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. They won't even let you carry like over two ounces of fluid with you. Yeah. Right. It's in one container. I think it's so that you're not distracted when you're listening to the extremely important safety instructions on how to use a seatbelt. How about when all that's done with? I don't know. Yeah. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Don't I'll be scrolling porn whenever I want. Y'all, look at your phones on the plane, would you? Just yeah. during takeoff, please. I'm like taking pictures out the fucking window and making videos and shit to send my kids and stuff. Like, the fuck are they talking about? Hey guys, this is Morgan in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, click the like and subscribe. <laughs> Further specified that the landing gear remained deployed in the takeoff slash landing position. The wing flaps be lowered to 15 degrees. The cabin remain unpressurized. And so that's why I said that he had this. Um, I don't remember if I said it. Knowledge. Did I say that during the break when we were talking? I don't know. 
but I said that what it seems like he has. Like it's definitely not January anything with a number. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Beat that dead horse. Um, yeah, uh, he has this like all this knowledge about aviation. It seems like I mean he seems to know the terrain well. Uh, according to Mucklow, and he seems to know his way around the airplane, right? Right, right. You know, so, I mean, dude's got some knowledge about the shit. So uh, the co-pilot, William Ritaski, I'm fucking your name up, dude. Sorry, William. You might be dead by now, though, because you were born in 1939. Uh, That's not that old. That's old. My grandma was born in 39. Is your gra- your grandma's alive. She yeah. is. My old man's still alive. Yeah, my grandpa was born in 35, so and he's still alive. All right, all right. But there's still the possibility. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Especially with the name like... Ratazak. Rock and Fuss. Ratazak. I'm going with Ratazak. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> Sounds made out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Muck and Fuss? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so, Radizak formerly served <laughs> for the United States Air Force during the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Uh, he informed Cooper that the aircraft's range was limited to approximately 1,000 miles um, under the specific flight configuration. So, with the refueling, they wouldn't make it to Mexico City, uh, which meant they had to refuel a second time um, before entering Mexico. Uh, Cooper and the crew discussed options and agreed on Reno, Nevada as the refueling stop. So with the plane's rear exit door open, which is that flat we were talking about he wanted to keep open, and its staircase extended, so there there are stairs there, uh, Cooper, Cooper directed the pilot to take off. Northwest Home Office objected on grounds that it was unsafe to take off with the AFT staircase deployed. Uh, Cooper countered that it was indeed safe, but he would not argue the point. Let me just smack my mic. Um, <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> bottle caps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to reach for the Doritos. Uh, yeah, um, said he would not argue the point. Uh, he would lower it once they were airborne. So. At approximately 7.40 p.m., the Boeing 727 took off with only five people on board. Cooper, Pilot Scott, Flight Attendant Mucklow, and Co-Pilot Radizak. Radizak. That's like four people, wasn't it? Uh, and Flight Engineer oh. Harold E. Anderson. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Harold E. Harold E. Anderson. That's a new character in this mm-hmm. story, isn't yep. it? But I'm sure they needed the engineer. Yes, he's a new character to the story. If that if that that shit was happening today, that dude would have actually been like an assassin or something from, you know, whatever what? federal enforcement the agency. The fuck are you talking about? The mechanic, the engineer guy yeah, you're talking about. He wouldn't he have would, been an yeah. actual engineer. He would have been somebody who walked on that plane with like a fucking oh, like silencer. the U.S. Marshals yeah. do now. Yeah. yeah, and just fucking bust a cap in the dude's ass. <laughs> but you know, someone named Harold E. Anderson had a monocle. He's a banker or something. Yeah. <laughs> the name's Harold E. Anderson. 
<laughs> I think with that voice, you could do that to almost any name, any uh, Caucasian name. Oh, well, he always has to bring race into it, Morgan. That's we've taught, we've coached him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> well, because if you do that voice with like a name like Itoshi Sato or something, it's not going to sound the same. The name's Itoshi Sato. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Do you know somebody with that name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's a he's an old friend. Okay, that's cool. Shout out to Itoshi. Hey, what's up, Gene? What's up, Saki? Did you call him Gene? We always called him Gene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've told me about this guy before. In Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Is that the, yeah. You got pictures of the angry children in your fridge? They're not angry. They're, they look angry. But in that's the picture. His, that's his kids. Yeah, those are his kids. Cool. They're like yelling. What up, Gene? Your kids are bloodthirsty. I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of energy. <laughs> All right. Um, so the there were uh, two F-106 fighter aircraft. Now, I've never heard of those fighter aircrafts. I got one. This guy. Um, they were scrambled from the McCord Air Force Base uh, and followed behind the airliner. One above and one below uh, out of Cooper's view. A Lockheed T-33 trainer diverted from an unrelated Air National Guard mission also shadowed the 727 before running low on fuel and turning back to Oregon slash California state line. Damn, I didn't know all this. That's nuts. Isn't it? Wow. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck did they miss this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking human being jumps out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. <laughs> Was With military night? eyes on it. Yes, it was nighttime. Yeah, it was oh. night. Instead of a smoke screen, he used parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> and parachuted to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> he just releases random parachutes. <laughs> They'll never catch me. <laughs> He's got the voice too, Joseph. <laughs> the name's D.B. Cooper. You'll never get me seen. <laughs> Now hand me my monocle. <laughs> so it says overall there were five planes trailing the hijacked plane. Oh, wow. Five planes trailing this fucking <laughs> aircraft and nobody saw his ass uh, jump out. None of the pilots saw him jump or could pinpoint a location where he could have landed. What the fuck were they doing behind him? They were like, on their were, cell they phones. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's, they just that's came why. out. Cell phones yeah. just came out <laughs> yeah. to the military pilots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck were they doing seriously? <laughs> Those really big ones that had like a bag and a crank with them. <laughs> <laughs> My brother stole one of those out of a car when he was in middle school. Oh, <laughs> uh, good times. Um,. <laughs> Jesus. So after takeoff, Cooper told Mucklow to join the rest of the crew in the cockpit and remain there until the door closed, or remain there with the door closed. As she complied, she observed Cooper tying something around his waist, and at approximately 8 p.m., a warning light flashed in the cockpit, indicating that the AFT air stair apparatus had been activated. The crew's offer of assistance via the aircraft intercom system was curtly refused. I guess they came across the intercom and were like, hey, do you need some help back there? We'd love to give you a hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess he, he said, nah, fuck y'all. And uh, so right. the, the crew noticed a subjective, cha- a subjective change in air pressure indicating that the AFT door was open. 
at approximately 10 feet, 10, 15 p.m., the aircraft's AFT airstair was uh, still deployed when Scott and Radizak landed the 727 at the Reno airport. So he made it from Seattle to Reno. Well, the airplane made it from Seattle to Reno. So somewhere between those two airports is where he jumped out because that motherfucker was gone. FBI agents, state troopers, sheriff's deputies, and the Reno police surrounded the jet as it had not yet been determined with certainty that Cooper was no longer aboard, but an armed search quickly confirmed his absence. So so somewhere between Seattle and Reno. And Reno. Yeah. He jumped out. He jumped out. So a precise search area was difficult to define as... Even small differences in estimates of the aircraft's speed or the environmental conditions along the flight path, um, you know, which varied by location and altitude, but changed Cooper's projection landing point considerably. An important variable was the length of time he remained in free fall before pulling his ripcord, you know, which was yeah. obviously yeah. his intentions on getting the civilian parachute. Yeah. Um, if he in if he succeeded in opening a parachute at all, it says. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because that for some fucking reason, the FBI has speculated that he just died. He, he didn't survive. So they don't want a failure. They, they don't, don't want to admit they, don't they, want a loss. they fucked up. I think that's it. Yeah. That's why I asked for four parachutes. Because if they think there might be hostages, they don't know which one to sabotage. Oh, yeah. 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 If you just send in one parachute, you know he's going to be using it. Yeah. So, but like, fill just, that thing full of yeah. holes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cut he, the strings. <laughs> he opens full it. There's holes. like a big cartoon anvil in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wily <e>. coyote. Yeah. <laughs> he stops in midair and goes, blink, blink, blink. <laughs> um, so neither of the Air Force fighter pilots saw anything exit the airliner, um, either visually or on radar. These motherfuckers are looking at a radar. <laughs> what wow. is going on? Wow. Somebody help me out here. Well, once they radar can't catch one man. Can't it? I don't know. Because the radar operates off. It operates off sound too, doesn't it? I thought it was a radio like a signal or something. Radio yeah. signal, okay. Yeah, but sonar is off sound. They look for certain signatures, I think, which is why that B fifty, not B fifty two, the you know the the yeah the one that you can't, the one that's undetectable. Right, it's because it doesn't have that fuselage Isn't? type. It the radio waves, I guess, don't bounce off of it, right? Oh, because of the shape of it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I don't, I don't know that's speculation but I a, a person flying through air I think is just too small moving maybe. it Maybe has radar gotten better since then? I don't know. I know I nothing know about radar. Yeah, they I probably don't, don't even use radar anymore in this country, you know? They probably got something better now. We still use radar. I'm pretty sure that's still radar. You think there's yeah. something better? I don't know. Radar Everything works. else is better. Phones are better. Yeah, you know, we might have stuff better, but they probably, I'm, I would think they still use radar. Radar isn't radar what like Doppler and all that stuff is. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Like when you pull up your phone, you want to see the rain clouds in green. You're like, why isn't it green? It's not falling green, mommy. <laughs> Reality's <Thanks>. a lie. <laughs> so they didn't see this dude falling out of a plane. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't see him. And that, to me, like visual, radar, all of that. Apparently, if they mentioned it in the Wikipedia search, then it must there must be some kind of correlation here. Maybe they should be able to see even a speck of just a guy. Yeah. But at night, with extremely limited visibility and cloud cover obscuring any ground lighting below, uh, an airborne, black-clad human figure could easily have gone undetected it says uh the t-33 pilots never made visual contact with the 727 the fuck was the point in them even getting in the air if they didn't even make visual contact with the plane at all maybe to look for a parachute opening maybe they were dropped back so they could see if a parachute Uh, opened yeah because they don't yeah they don't care about the plane they care about the money yeah 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 that seems like a poor chance though but i guess they were trying to stay out of view of him but Mm -hmm. you would think it would be pretty tough (laughs) with separate planes in the air not being in view of each other catching a guy in the middle of the night you know well i wonder if he did that like winter soldier captain america thing you know at the beginning when he jumps out of the plane and he didn't use the chute because he's Captain America, but yeah. instead of going head first into the water, he like put his body at a forty five degree angle and like stuck his arms straight down to his legs. Yeah. Superhero landing. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. Ow. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> God dog. Um so they okay. They tried to recreate the incident by pushing a two hundred pound sled out of the back gate wow. door. Yeah. They had their top scientists on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're gonna push this sack of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drew a little face on it. <laughs> little fake bomb. Draw, draw the glasses. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a little note in his hand. <laughs> why, why would they use a sled, and not just a, have a person do reenact it? Mm-hmm. Do they not have access to humans or something? Why is it a two hundred pound sled? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it not doesn't say there's weights on it. It says a two hundred pound sled. <laughs> I, I really like to think they made that sled look as person-like as possible. <laughs> fake hair and all. One of those like American flyers or something. A radio flyer, yeah. Or, yeah, radio flyer. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. This one's made of lead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why'd it weigh so much? <laughs> um, he didn't look 200 pounds. Dude looked like a, nah. a skinny. But I don't know how tall he was. Well, he you also know, had a sack of money with him. That's uh, yeah, two hundred thousand dollars and a parachute. Uh, yeah, twenty dollar bills. What's yeah. that way? Mm. How many bills is that? Mm. Two hundred thousand times, or divided by twenty? Is that how you do it? Yeah. They said how many bills it was. In my, I got to scroll up. I don't want to scroll up. 
Oh no! Don't do that. That I'm was on, a disaster. I'm on like page 14 right now. So okay, wow, okay, man, chill, calm, okay. calm. Okay, thanks, guys. Continue. Oh. <laughs> but they they did that to see if the tail of the plane would make a, a difference or something. Something they can go back and look at um, oh. in their flight log. Uh, oh. So the FBI also coordinated an aerial search using a fixed wing aircraft and helicopters from the Oregon National Guard Air Force or Oregon Army National Guard along the uh, entire flight path from Seattle to Reno. Although numerous broken treetops and several pieces of plastic and other objects resembling parachute canopies were sighted and investigated, nothing relevant to the hijacking was found. Um, the official physical description of Cooper has remained unchanged and is considered reliable. So that picture I showed you guys is like, they're like, this is it. That's the guy. Any white guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the flight attendant. Damn you, Morgan. <laughs> say it. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Flight attendants Schaffner and Mucklau, who spent most of the time with Cooper, were interviewed on the same night in separate cities and gave nearly identical descriptions around five foot ten. Okay, now we have it. Five foot ten, around 180 pounds, mid forties, with wow. close set piercing, close set piercing brown eyes. And swarthy skin. What's swarthy skin? I don't know. Means he was good looking. That's what it means, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Son of a bitch. I want a dictionary definition of swarthy. <laughs> oh, it's. Whoa. I believe it's like an olive skin. I'm, I'm suspicious that might not Greek? be a uh, acceptable term anymore. Is it racist? Swarthy. Is it racist? That was my first inclination. Is that sounds racist? But Joseph jumped in with, "He's a good looking guy." That's why <laughs> everybody's got that voice today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, swarthy. Swarthy. <laughs> it was swarthy. You couldn't trust him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> three, three major pieces of evidence were left on the plane when D.B. Cooper jumped. One. His black clip-on tie. Clip-on. Huh clip-on tie yep with a mother of pearl tie clip and that eight filter tipped rally cigarette butts i guess they count as one piece of eight cigarette butts count as one piece of evidence because you could smoke on planes back then that's dna evidence that's dna evidence right there today but you know so they enter it into the the dna database and and then what then they just have db cooper's dna they match it against DNA samples that they have and they're getting more of every day because people are willingly sending their DNA information to um That's a good fucking point. To suspicious companies. Yeah. <laughs> that is a really good point. When you said eight filtered cigarette tip whatever, mm-hmm. I just immediately went to one cigarette with eight filters attached to the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking it like a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what was the guy's name from um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? The oh, reporter, yeah. The Gonzo reporter. <laughs> <laughs> we can't Hunt. stop here. This is bat country. <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Thanks. Uh, let's see. The, the information about the tie and tie clip were not announced to the public for almost 20 years when in... <laughs> 
19, Spoiler. In 1991, it was revealed in the book, D.B. Cooper, The Real McCoy. At some point after the hijacking, the cigarette butts were lost. So, oh, so in 1991, the, in the book, they revealed that, that was, those were two pieces of evidence. Um, that were left, but they never told the public about it. I thought Did they, they were... say they lost the cigarette butts. <sighs> Shit, man! They're losing know. evidence now. That's what wow. they said. Yeah, that yeah. they they lost so the much cigarette for the butts. DNA theory. <laughs> like one of the biggest FBI air piracy cases <laughs> in history. You guys see those cigarette butts anywhere? Yeah, it's <laughs> not important. <laughs> You know, some stewardess was like, I fucking hate smokers. Just, like, <laughs> Probably, <sweet> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking day I'm doing this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who puts eight tip? <laughs> Who puts eight filters on one cigarette? <laughs> Son of a bitch, you smoked it for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> His lungs collapsed trying to get a drag. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rush. Uh, Only four pieces of evidence linked to D.B. Cooper turned up between 1978 and 2017. Here we go. You guys ready? In in November, the month, not the day, in November of 1978, a placard printed with instructions for lowering the AT the AFT stairs of a 727 was found by a deer hunter near a logging road about 13 miles east of Castle Rock, Washington, oh. well north of Lake Merwin, um, with Flight 305's basic flight path. So they they found parts of his fucking plan. Huh. In Washington. In Washington, yeah, which is not between. Well, Seattle's in Washington, so. But is it is that between the two? What between? Oh, the, the Castle Reno Rock, points? Washington. Is that between the two points of where he left and where he jumped out? I like don't he, know. that yeah, was that's probably a good point. before he got on the flight. Then. He was maybe making those plans. Yeah, maybe. Maybe and threw him out the window on his way to the airport or something. Oh, no, he he literally. flew from he flew from Portland, which is in Oregon. He flew from Portland to Washington first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. That's all right. We're not familiar with the Washington terrain. It's not nearly as familiar as DB yeah, Cooper I'm was. No DB Cooper. You know? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. A portion of Brian Ingram's 1980 discovery. On let's see, on Sunday, February the eleventeenth, nineteen eighty. Who's Ingram? Um, this is the kid. So, eight-year-old Brian Ingram was uh, vacationing with his family on the Columbia River at a beachfront known as um, Tina Bar, about nine miles downstream from downstream from Vancouver, Washington. And 20 miles southeast of Ariel, again, not familiar with Washington terrain. So that all those locations and landmarks mean nothing to me. Um, he was he uncovered three pack. He uncovered three packs of uh, three packets of ransom cash as he raked a Sandy Beach riverbank and built a campfire. The bills were disintegrated, but still bundled in rubber bands disintegrated but still bundled in rubber bands so maybe they've been sitting there for a while 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, $120 bills each. And, oh, so two of the packets had $120 bills each. And then the third packet of 90, all arranged in the same order, were given to Cooper. So this kid found, it said he found three of them? What's the math on that? Yeah, what is the math on that? $320 bills? Yeah, my math That's is 6000 I think. Damn. So Maybe? Or no? 6000 6000 I'm going with 6000 Good math. Good mathing. See, Joseph, you're good at math. You said something earlier. You're good at math. You could have mathed. <laughs> that sounded like one of those compliments that's actually an insult. Like a backhanded compliment? See, you can put your pants on. <laughs> yeah. You could math it if you tried. <laughs> You're um, a mather. So, yeah, he found uh, the, the third packet of 90, all arranged in the same order, were given to Cooper. The same order as when given to Cooper, sorry. In 1986, after, um, yeah, I'm sure the FBI took all that money from the kid, which it was disintegrated, it said. But it was in the beach. So he had to have been, with the flight plan and the instructions on the AFT stairs and the money all found in Washington, like, he he jumped in Washington, I'm thinking. And it seemed like Washington might have been home to him the, as well as he knew it, too, yeah. you know. They had their best men on this case. Um, in 1986, after protracted negotiations, the recovered bills were divided equally be- Oh, between Egram and the North Orients and Sewers. So they did give the kids some of the money. Oh, good. Wow. Shit. My um, faith in the federal government has been renewed. Six years later. <laughs> <laughs> they probably laced it with LSD or something. Yeah. Do an experiment yeah. on it. <laughs> it dropped dead. <laughs> oh, God. So they, start tra- they start tracking the kid everywhere yeah. he went because they assumed he knew D.B. Cooper. <laughs> he died after you gave him the money. It's swamp gas. So that... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it says it says the FBI retained fourteen examples as evidence, so they kept they kept fourteen bills, I guess, as as evidence, and then split the rest of it between uh, Ingram and the and the owner of the Northwest Orient Airline, whatever. So the Ingram kid sold his bills at an auction in two thousand eight for thirty seven thousand dollars. Wow! Nice. Good move, kid. Hell yeah, he held on to that shit. What the fuck? That's Hell cool yeah. as hell, man. I bet you he's one of the sons of bitches that bought an Xbox Series X and is charging $1,000 <laughs> for it right now. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got, yeah. I got $3,000. I'm selling it for $37,000. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, it says, to date, none of the 900 9,710 remaining bills have turned up anywhere in the world. In the world. The world. Wow. Yeah, so at some point they started tracking the money, I'm sure. Yeah. Like better, like doing, you know, because we track the shit out of money now. Yeah, but money goes out of circulation. Mm-hmm. You know, the bills go out of circulation. So eventually they do get it back, you know. Yeah. 
and they incinerate it or what the fuck ever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or what and the fuck ever. They probably document all those fucking numbers though when, before they incinerate it now. I don't know if they did back they then. They probably did then too. Especially yeah. if they took the time to to you know make note of all the serial numbers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Microfilms. Mm-hmm. That when you said that, that reminded me of high school or middle school or something. In they photography still had those class. little microfish things in the library when you yeah. went to go look something up. Oh my god! You put it under that big microscope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, man! I forgot all about that stuff. So it says their serial numbers <laughs> remain available online for public search. Um, the Columbia River ransom money, which was the the kids' money, right? And the uh, the air stair instruction placard remain the only confirmed physical evidence from the hijacking ever found outside the aircraft. And in 2017, a group of volunteer investigators uncovered what they believe to be potential evidence, what, what appears to be a decades-old parachute strap in the Pacific Northwest. And this was followed uh, later in 2017 with a piece of foam suspected to be part of Cooper's backpack but nothing else nothing else ever found and um and that is the end of my research well, there go DB wow. Cooper remains at large today if you see him please contact local authorities <laughs> <laughs> if, nice. if you see him <laughs> yeah yeah but that was uh that that was all like news to me. You guys probably knew more about DB Cooper than I did going into this. He'd um, be in his nineties by now. He would, because if he was in his mid forties back in seventy one. Yeah. There's an episode <clears throat> it's I'm pretty sure the show's just called Conspiracies on Netflix. And it's got like, I don't know, fourteen episodes of different things. It's a little dated, I think. But there's an episode on DB Cooper. Oh shit. Gonna, really? I think I'm gonna rewatch. Yeah. Cool. Because I, I kind of knew, but I didn't remember that no one knew his name. I mean, now that makes sense, but I don't remember that. I just remember something about jumping out of an airplane, and I knew they never figured it out. Yeah. It was on, did I say mysteries or conspiracies? Conspiracies. Yeah, yeah. conspiracies. You said conspiracies. <laughs> Joseph got an erection when you said that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the first time I heard of Doobie Cooper was, uh, I Did feel like there Doobie Cooper? That's Doobie. what it sounds. Doobie Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doobie. Well, shit, I found him. He's out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a movie, and they were searching for D.B. Cooper's money. Um, they were on a raft, like a river. It was a river trip. Who the fuck was in it? That kid that played Shaggy from Scooby-Doo maybe was in it. <laughs> Um, I, I can't remember who I was. In. Oh, Seth Green. Isn't that the little guy? Oh, without a paddle. Without a paddle. Yeah. yeah. They were looking for D.B. Cooper's money. Yeah. Huh. I didn't remember that about it, but. Yeah. That was the point of it, I think. <laughs> I well, damn, I hope he got away paddle. with it. I hope he found a way to enjoy the money. Yeah. And, like lived large and made 
his life and the lives of people around him better. You guys have, now Joseph probably has because he grew up in the seventies, but Eric, I don't know if you have, I don't know if I've ever seen money that was printed back then because how much has it changed from the seventies to the eighties, the nineties and now, you oh, know what I mean? A whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, I don't think they had watermarks on it back then. I right. mean, like the weird watermarks that uh, they have now where you have oh, to hold no, it Oh, no. I remember you know? when they started doing those. Remember when they used to have the strips that went in them? Those and they still do. Strips, yeah. The, um, oh, fuck. I don't have any money on me. Nope. I got one. Broke ass. <laughs> I ain't got no, I I don't, got no bills on yeah. me either. I don't carry cash. Come on. Yeah. I do. I'm all Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I carry nothing but cash, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, I got. Yeah. Bitcoin, cocaine, and human teeth. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's all my currencies. Currency. <laughs> yeah. These are my bartering options. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Andy, what do you give me for two incisors? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why is Andy giving you some? Why are you paying it's, her? It's sexual in my okay. mind. I don't know why. All right, there you yeah. go. <laughs> um, so I have a... I have a, a a guy, he's a friend now, I guess, but I used to work for him. And um, anytime I borrowed cash from this guy, because I used to do drugs and I needed to borrow money all the time. Anytime <laughs> I ever borrowed cash from this guy, it was like uh, small faced bills. Like this motherfucker has in his property somewhere, because his family uh, used to own like most of Irmo or the Dutch Fork area um, in Irmo. And, uh, so all over, he's got money just buried. And it's like he saved his lunch money from the day he started school and shit. I mean, the dude... Damn. Yeah, the dude makes tons of money now, you know, and still takes his lunch every day to work and shit, you know, in wow. a cooler. And, you know, I guess that's how the rich get rich or stay rich is they don't spend money. Some of them. Some yeah. of them, yeah. Okay. Self, when... Self-made ones. Let's look at self-made guys. Let's then. look at self-made. Yeah. Self-made that didn't shoot into like the one percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so guys under a million dollars. Yeah. Let's, yeah. But <laughs> they don't they don't spend money. You know, a lot of a lot of people yeah. that are well off don't spend money and that's how they have right. money. And that's why they're so fucking cheap on construction jobs that they want done a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No resentment there. Um because they don't want to come off of the money that they have. Yeah. yeah, but anytime I ever borrowed money from this guy, it was like all small face bills. And I'm like, dude, what the f- I'm going to get arrested for having this money. <laughs> you know, I can't even, can I even have this in my possession? <laughs> That's not true, but. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because the, the image, of, of the ones. actual image was different. Yeah, it's old. It's yeah, because yeah, now okay. we have these big that. circles oh. on our bills. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and before they were smaller. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I always call them small face. 20s. Yeah, you were saying small faced. I was thinking like a five or a one. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Just a small <laughs> president's guy. head. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was like a Carol- South Carolina term for like a low denomination bill. Jesus. He takes these leaps and let's call it logic. <laughs> just <laughs> insane. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's it. That's my topic. Um that's D B Cooper, uh the information that I have. Well, I enjoyed it. Now other people have it. <laughs> nice. You can all have it. It's on Wikipedia. All right. So um, <laughs> maybe it's time to plug this stuff. Where can people find you, Morgan? You. You. you, you, you. 
<laughs> where where can people find you, Morgan? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel called Wood Electric eighty one, and on Wood Electric eighty one, that's where you guys will see my uh, kids and myself playing guitar, acting a fool, and on I have another YouTube channel called Wood Electric two words Wood Electric, and on that channel is where I do my uh, electrical tips and tool demonstrations, things of that nature. How about you, Eric? I'm not really doing my thing right now, so I'm not going to plug it. But I do want to, what? as if someone's listening to the very end of this, I want to um, <laughs> say that if you search for Japtalion and this guy um, or something very close to the spelling of that on YouTube and on Spotify, you will find us. Also, if you go to Facebook, we have a page. And on that Facebook, you can find our link to a web page that will take you directly to our podcast. And we're also on Podbean as Japtown and this guy. So we got multiple options for you to listen to us because we know you're all dying to. Yep, there you go. How about you, JoJo? All right. Um, I have a Instagram, Joseph T. Antonio, and a YouTube winding sheet. And um, I don't know. Doesn't really need an explanation. Just go look at it. Hey, I wanted to give a shout out today. Don't are we doing shout outs? Do we do that? It's, yeah, it's the Good cool. Morning America of slang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to give a shout out to Amy Struthers. She's the first one to comment on one of our YouTube videos, that, and she said that we made her laugh. You guys make me laugh. We're oh, laughing. Yeah. I'm laughing. Sweet. Whatever she yeah. said, but yeah, it was really nice. And she's a subscriber on YouTube and Spotify. Nice. She follows us on Facebook, and I think she loves our podcast. Spread the word, Amy. So, not to undercut Amy, but the first comment we got was to a porn site. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah, no shit. What was it? Ours. I don't know. Something. I clicked on it and immediately porn. And uh, <laughs> Joseph said, that's presumptuous because how does he know if we like porn? So, that's what Is I commented it? back. Is that was very presumptuous of you, or some shit like that? But thanks for the link. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm typing this with my left hand. <laughs> but seriously, no, I saw Amy's comment, and it really um, cheered me up because that's what oh, we're cool. doing. What we're, you know, no shit, man. We're trying to make you guys laugh and give yeah. you some information and ourselves. <laughs> Not the information. But oh, the we're laughing. laughing. <laughs> we're laughing. You don't know how many laughs we cut out. But thanks, Amy. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I guess that wraps up the show. All right, have a good night. A good morning. Or whatever time it is in whatever day. Bye-bye.